Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. You are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was Welcome fresh to the hospital. Boston Celtics Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, El Nino. Many are calling him. Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen. And we are coming to you at 4.15 on July 1st uh, in the middle of free agency. And I've been trying to think the last time we talked was the uh, just like right after the Marcus Smart trade. And so I was still pretty devastated then. Spirits have returned. Um, and so oh, you're some, back. You're I'm back. back, baby. I'm back, baby. Uh, are you but, just in on Porzingis? What, what, what brought you back? I mean, still, I don't, I'm still... I just don't stay uh, upset. You're just for a resilient guy. Yeah, I'm just a resilient guy. I'm ready to fight the next fight. Like I'm going to miss Marcus, but like we got to move into next season and, and be positive. But I asked Jay right before we started recording what the most important thing that's happened in the world of the Celtics um, since we last recorded, and what was your answer? That is not exactly <laughs> how you framed the question. I said, "What should You're... we lead with? What should we start with the podcast?" And I said, "O'Shea Brissett." O'Shea Brissett. Hit down so what six threes against the Celtics in a game in Indiana completely and, destroyed them and did the Steph Curry spin before it goes in move which is always powerful especially coming from a thirty one percent shooter yeah so the Celtics signed him to what two year minimum deal uh kind of playing the backup wing position solid uh everyone uh, saw a lot of comments just like oh yeah O'Shea's Brissett's great he does all of these things he's this fluid wing he's big on the wings except he can't shoot or finish at the rim and I was like all right that might affect his playing time I love how nobody says a word about a guy until something happens with him and then everyone's the biggest fan love that like, signing just it ha- that's it a great signing Brissett, yeah. like oh great signing great job by the Celtics to get some more length and bring in a guy yeah <laughs> Could be a real player if, if he develops a three-point shot. And this uh, is not to hate on O'Shea Brissett. Like, <laughs> he did have an, a magnificent game against the Celtics. but uh, And he does and, some things well, but like you think you it, want a shooter in that position. And he just checks boxes for the Celtics. Because behind Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, their wing depth was just Sam Hauser. That's it. And he's not the most athletic NBA player. He's not the greatest defensive player in the NBA. <laughs> and so I, I did not mean to start this podcast just by shitting on OJ percent. I feel like uh, we, we got no, off no, the wrong that, foot. That was him. Sam Hauser. That was Sam. Hauser oh, was oh yeah. We can shit on him. He's so he's I'm just, good I'm just saying this, the Celtics needed to add length, athleticism, somebody who could play the big wing spot and, Quite frankly, they just need people who can spell Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at this point. O'Shea Brissett 
can probably do that. He's he has a high motor. He defends. He's six seven and long. He has typically played power forward the last couple of years in Indiana, but especially with the amount of shooting that the Celtics will have and the amount of skill around him, he could probably play some three in in bigger lineups. And so he, he just made sense. And most importantly for them, he was gettable because he was available at the veterans minimum. And they, quite frankly, just don't have much money to spend right now. They are probably limited to just veteran minimums. They could still hold on to Grant Williams, and he... Well, let's talk about that. Where Where does the yeah. Grant Williams market sit right now? And it's... It, uh, how much money would they be willing to take back? Or like, what offer sheet are they going to uh, match, potentially, if they get one? Um given the kind of where they stand with the cap right now. Also, we have Chris Tapp's Porzingis uh, signing his two-year extension. We'll talk about that uh, later. But like for this year's cap, where does retaining Grant Williams fit into that? Yeah, that that's an interesting one because when they traded for Chris Tapp's Porzingis, just a simple scan of the salaries would suggest that Grant Williams was probably gone. Because the Celtics, like if, at least by my calculations, if they just hand out, fill out their contract to 14 guys with veteran minimum guys, then they're at about $178 million of salary, which is about $4 million shy of the second apron. And so any reasonable deal for Grant Williams would push them above the second apron. And I, it's it's reasonable to think that the Celtics probably don't want to be a second apron team. However, Grant was apparently in the Celtics practice facility working out with Jordan Walsh and telling him that Wait, well, I, I saw him at Patriots camp. I didn't know he was in the Celtics facility. Oh, I'm I'm inferring it was implied that it was in the Celtics practice facility because Jordan Walsh said they were in the weight room and. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think they were at Gold's Gym or Planet Fitness together. So just guessing it was a Celtics practice facility. Um, he also said he would he absolutely thinks it's a possibility that the Celtics bring him back. And so it just seems like the salary position says one thing. And Grant's whole presence right now says another. He when he spoke to the media and it could just be something he said, but he talked about how he would need to adjust to play with Chris Stapps Porzingis. Like he's still <laughs> on the team, which he could, be. he could be still on the team. It's an interest, yeah. um, but it's just interesting how like just the numbers are pointing one way and grants everything about grants is pointing another. And or the Celtics are just like completely willing to be in the second apron more so than we've like ascribed to teams because there's like you can just take the punishment for whatever it is. It does like limit your roster flexibility, but you can get out of it. Uh, there's potential contracts you could trade in the future if you sign Grant to a long like uh, a longer deal and maybe they're just going to pay it. Like it, you have a window with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And if you think Grant Williams can be like an instrumental piece into like a title run this year or under the new kind of window they've created by extending Porzingis for the next two years, it's like 
we have this next three years where, you know what, maybe we'll accept being above the apron, the second apron, one of those seasons, maybe move on from Brogdon in the future because he has uh, bigger money. But I, we could see teams just like not a, a, just go over the apron and spend a bunch, um, at least for one or two years, because that's just how you're going to feel the championship and, roster. And especially if there's not a huge market for Grant, and you get him at a reasonable deal that you'll probably be able to move if you need to at some point over the next couple of seasons. It would make sense. And then the other wild card here is that the Celtics still have a lot of first-round picks to offer. And so if the right guy becomes available who they think moves the needle and probably somebody who's younger and fits the Tatum Brown timeline. They could still load up a huge offer. And it's possible that at the end of the day, they go like right now, they'd be one of the championship favorites, right? Like, yeah, I wouldn't put them at the top, although I think Vegas has them at the top, but they're definitely in that conversation among the favorites. But I think it it's probably a different conversation with ownership if they do make one more big move and then it's like loading up over the second apron sure like this is a team that it's easy to see winning a championship and and I think that's that's the wild card here because the Celtic they added two first round picks in the Porzingis trade but one of them is already gone because they traded back and got Jordan Walsh and got a bunch of other second round picks, but the other one's there and they still control all of their future first. Although one of them is a swap with the Spurs potential swap with the Spurs and they still have a bunch of swaps. So they could make a huge offer here. And so I don't think that's like, are you just talking about a hypothetical star in the future? Like, or is it like Joel Embiid? Like where are we where are we leading with this first round pick talk? I think so. I, I mean this this is all hypothetical stuff, and and I'm just that's what free agency is for. That's what that's what we do on July first. We uh, make up all sorts of crazy theories. <laughs> okay, well the Raptors just lost Fred VanVleet, right? And Siakam and OG Ananobi are both, I believe, entering the final final year of their deals. So they're not they're probably not going to fetch a ton if if the Raptors are willing to trade them, who knows? They've they've been reluctant to do so so far. But somebody like that could be available. Um, well, this is the thing that's interesting is that you if, if you do sign Graham, and I think we can talk about Brogdon too, like you could have a bunch of different salary slots to kind of uh, trade people. Like Malcolm Brogdon feels like he is very tradable uh, at this point if they wanted to go after another player. You mentioned all the first-round picks. If you get Grant at a good number, Robert Williams, as much as I want him to be a starting center, like his contract right now is insane, um, just given uh, where the new cap structure is. And so I definitely think the Celtics have a lot of flexibility in terms of trading, especially if they do. Like, I don't know what the grant number is. Um, A lot of talk about other teams offering him like the full mid-level, which is what, 12? Yeah. And so like if you can get Grant Williams on like a three, two plus one or like a four, even a four year deal, just like with that short, small amount of money with the cap continuing to go up, it just feels like a pretty good asset to have. And you might be willing to just take the momentary hit for just uh, having like, I guess that flexibility. 
Although yeah, once and, you go over the second apron, you can't aggregate the salaries anymore. So there, that's where things get like a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and the second apron comes with all sorts of roster building restrictions that would certainly impact you. And to go over it, you probably want at least a reasonable chance of winning a title and to really like crush through it and commit yourself to second apron for years. I think you probably want a team that's going to be a favorite to like a pretty substantial favorite to win a title uh, in one of those years. So I don't know. I don't maybe it is Joel Embiid. You look at the, the 76 er situation. It is in tatters. What are they going to get for James Harden? They weren't good enough with Harden. If they have to accept 50, 60 cents on the dollar to move him, then well, they have Pat Bev now. So it might change things. Pat Bev and PJ Tucker are just going to. I actually kind of wanted the Celtics together. to sign Pat Bev just because he's such an instigate instigator. And like, I feel like they kind of need that with Marcus Smart replacement. But I like that move for Philly. Pat Bev is just a. He's the type of guy who you don't really like him unless he's on your team and then you love him. He lifts the energy. Yeah. And and I I agree the Celtics definitely need someone to do that. Is that um, person possibly Jordan Walsh? And also how much credit have you taken around uh the the uh you know just the media landscape for being, you know, pr- getting the pick you wanted. So, Not the pick you so wanted, I, the pick you I, thought was a I good ha- target. I haven't shared this publicly, but I will right now. Um Minutes before the Jordan Walsh pick, we were all at the Celtics practice facility, the writers, because they had a uh, press conference very late that night at like two or three in the morning. And I called that they were going to select Jordan Walsh. So salute to me. Yeah, this Uh, is your chance. Salute to me. (laughs) I don't really care. (laughs) I I mean, I, I do think. Obviously, from from the way I've spoken about Jordan Walsh, I think it's it's a good pick. There, it's rare to get a dude who's six seven, or I think he measured at six six, whatever, with with shoes off, with a seven two wingspan, and endless motor, loves playing defense, selfless guy, and seems like he has a great attitude to him. Those guys, and he was a five star prospect in high school, probably has more offensive game or at least offensive talent than he was able to show during his lone year in college. I think that's a, that's a good pick. It's somebody who could impact the Celtics long-term just seeing him in person today. The Celtics had their first summer league practice. He's skinny. (laughs) (laughs) How old is he? 19. He's going to need to put on some weight. Yeah. He's a, he's a young buck. He's got some, some filling out to do. But he's tough and he's tall and he's long and he does a lot of things on the court. So that's always a good start. Um, you asked if he would be the energy guy. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm I was sure just trying to train. I'm sure he'll into- help. <laughs> I'm sure he'll help on a a daily basis with energy. But typically, somebody outside of the rotation isn't your leader in that regard. Uh, I doubt he'll be a rotation guy during his first year. But who knows? The uh, the, the defensive instincts are definitely there, and I think he has a chance to be a really, really good defender. That's interesting. We'll see if uh, Joe even cares about him if he can't make threes. Joe's all about the uh, the three-point shot. And anyway, we haven't really seen him like develop a, a rookie so because there was no real you know upside guys on the roster last year. So it'll be interesting to see how much playing time he gets. Did we cover all the news? Uh, Celtics, I guess the, we haven't explicitly talked about the Chris Taps, Porzingis, but what did you think about them getting... 
him for two more years at, at $60 million. It just seems like good value for both sides. From the Celtics' perspective, if he stays healthy, plays like he did last season, that's just going to be a really good deal. And from Chris Stapps' side, he locks in $60 million, a guy who has a long injury history and understands his situation could change pretty quickly if if he's not healthy and available to lock in $60 million. It, it just makes sense for, for both sides. Um, it's, it also, though, gives the Celtics a lot of salary moving forward. And if... Like if they do sign Jalen Brown to a super max extension, which they have given off every indication that they hope to do so, then they already have 180 million committed to, I think it's like about 180 million committed to nine guys in 2024-25, eight or nine, whatever it is, 100 million, 180 million committed. That like they're destined to be pushing the second apron or crashing through it if they keep this core together long-term. And I think if you, if you win a title, that's cool. Like whatever, <laughs> if you win a title, anything's, anything's cool. But if you don't, then, and it doesn't work. Porzingis gets hurt or something else happens. Like it's, it could be, could be a lot of chips in, in the, in a pot that, that you don't rake in, so <laughs> pull through on that metaphor. I think, yeah, I, I didn't know where I was going with it, but uh, finally landed the plane. Yeah, I think it's a like a fine deal. You don't have to pay him the max, and the fact it's only a two year extension, it just kind of there's one. There'll be one year of Jalen Brown like paying his extension, and then one year like the final year of the Porzingis deal is uh, presumably both Tatum and Brown's extension, and so. And that's Porzingis last year. I think we've seen a return of like expiring contracts now are more valuable under the new CBA. They used to be all the rage back in the day. Everyone was looking for expiring contracts. Um, and then with a giant cap spike, it didn't, they didn't really matter anymore, uh, but they're back baby. And so I think uh, Porzingis, uh, we'll see how good he is, but it's not like the biggest threat unless he does get hurt. And there's a chance he could be very good as a, a third banana. Um, let me ask you this. We are more than a week out from the actual trade. You've heard probably a bunch of people think like give their analysis on like whether or not they thought it was a good deal. But where do you like stand today on how Chris Taps is going to fit like with Jalen and Jason? And you think it's like a they're still in prime position or like to be in contention this year? We've already discussed they, they are. But like, how are you feeling a week out from the deal? I think it just makes sense. It changes the way that teams have to guard you because with Marcus smart, I think a lot of the times, at least against the best teams, those those three were just easy switches, right? You, you could switch. You'd probably get away with it. Celtics weren't going to really post you up. Smart wasn't a super scoring threat, although he averaged 15 points a game, had a pretty good playoff run. And now Porzingis, like if you switch all those actions, then he could just shoot over the top of you. And he did a great job of that last season. Wasn't as productive with that in the past, but I think there's hope that he got stronger and he got more efficient and he just learned, all right, I I could just shoot over the top of these guys. They can't bother me. I'm really good at this and I'm going to be a good post player from now on. 
And so from that standpoint, I like it. The biggest question I have is, are they tough enough? Are they energetic enough? Like Marcus Smart, he was their energy. And I'm not just talking about like he was the guy, like the tough, physical, like crazy, sometimes crazy guy. But I just mean on a daily basis, Marcus Smart was the one who just brought them life. And I don't know if they've replaced that. I don't know if Chris Apps Porzingis is that guy. I don't know if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it's in their character to to be that. And they're great. They're, those guys work work really hard. They they're good teammates. Like there's no issue with them, but I just don't know if they're that guy. And can they be that guy? I think it's more important than ever that they that they step into that role. I mean, there's still time to add uh, more leadership, but it seems like there's kind of not a void because they have Al Horford. They have guys, a lot of guys who have. They got have Jordan been. Walsh. He's a big energy guy here. <laughs> exactly. Um, but especially if they lose Grant Williams, like those are two of the highest energy guys that they had on a daily basis in their practice facility. And you miss that. And and I just don't know whether they filled that. I don't know whether the other guys without Smart will be just missing something. And I think it's possible that they will be. And I think it's possible that the the human element of this trade and the locker room element of this trade is a really really big deal and i maybe it's not maybe maybe i'm mistaken and maybe it's overblown maybe porzingis can do do some of those things and maybe jason tatum and jalen brown can spread their wings even more that's my that's the crazy that's the crazy theory i just talked myself into in the past uh two minutes is that maybe marcus smart was like too big of a personality and he was like everyone said he's the heart and soul heart and soul of the team but for the Celtics to truly flourish it needs to be Tatum and Brown to be the ones who actually like take over who set the tone and be the leader and maybe they're just had you know they had to trade away Marcus so uh Tatum and Brown could fully blossom as leaders because he was too much of the heart and soul and the heartbeat and if it doesn't come from the top it's not going to be as effective that's the crazy story I just convinced myself that this is actually going to allow Tatum and Brown to be better leaders. Maybe. Yeah, but, I can see it. It could happen. But what happens, like, what happens when Jimmy Butler is coming at you in the playoffs and and he's scoring time and time again? Like, who, who's the guy to step up and just say, Jimmy's not doing the same? It was and Jason no, Tatum. Nobody... It, 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 when Jason Tatum guarded Jimmy Butler in the Eastern Conference Finals, Jimmy Butler was not good. Jimmy Butler did not have great games in the Eastern Conference Final, yet we call him Playoff Jimmy. It's very upsetting, but we're not going back there. I don't want to revisit the playoffs. But it's not like Marcus Smart necessarily was the one who stepped up and uh, was able to do that. As much as I love Marcus, it's not like he was a, like a lockdown defender, especially last year compared to where he previously was. I think in the playoffs, he was he was really good. And and he also had the ability to like just do weird stuff like guard Joel Embiid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and, that's going to be missed. And Derek, Derek White can't do that. Like, so I do don't think, think you can throw flaw, Derek White on Joel Embiid for a second. You couldn't even throw Derek White on Jimmy Butler. He got yanked from a playoff game. And I think that, to me, is too, is like, 
Marcus Smart was never afraid. There was not a situation where he screwed up. He he certainly made mistakes. Sometimes he <laughs> shot too much. Sometimes he made turnovers. <laughs> but you never looked at Marcus Smart and were like, this guy is shying away. This guy is worried about this, this guy. And I think there's value to that, and there's real value. And that value might even be more important deep in the playoffs than it is at other times. And, I mean, you look at some of the games Smart had in elimination games, some of the some of the series that he had deep in playoffs, some of the plays he made, the Game 7 block against Toronto in the bubble. Like, he just – he seemed – I don't know if he had another gear or he just never lost a gear. And and I think that's important. And like Derek White was better than Marcus Smart this past season. And and I think it's it could be smart to bet on Derek White instead of Marcus Smart and have him be the starting point guard and give him more of those responsibilities. But he also got yanked out of a playoff game because he could not do anything with Jimmy Butler. And I don't think that would ever happen with Marcus Smart. And and so I just think maybe I think there's a downside to this trade that that is real and that this is a risk. And there's also upside too. Like Porzingis gives him a totally new dimension. He's gonna he and Robert Williams together will just be dealing golf teams. There, nobody think- will be able to score at the rim when those guys are both on the court. And Al Horford, too, throw him in the mix. Those are three great defending centers. And Porzingis can play power forward and play next to either one of those guys. And it's possible that, like, Porzingis is, will be better offensively. It's possible that his impact at the rim will just totally transform their defense. And allow them to be more aggressive on the perimeter with the guys they still have but it it's it's a risk and this is a, this is a substantial trade and and I don't it's one of those things where I think you can lay out the pluses and minuses at the end of the day I don't know whether the Celtics got better I don't know whether the Celtics got worse I don't know if they're just very similar to what they were before and it's possible <laughs> that any of those things are true Right, anything, like this is anything not, is potable. This is not like an automatic win trade. I don't think. And yeah, I think Porzingis could he, like he's he's been hurt too. That's another factor. He could get hurt again. The biggest risk. Well, first I have to ask you a question: Did a waiter come really come up to you and tell you that water wasn't potable, or did she say potable and you just made a tweet? No, she said potable. <laughs> she said and potable. The fact that you did not immediately scream anything is potable is a shameful moment for you, Jay. I should have. I'm. Yeah, I guess I'm it's sorry. not your thing. It's more of my thing. But uh, if we're going to start a brand here, if we're going to get other people doing it, uh, you have to take advantage of those opportunities. But the thing to me about the Porzingis trade is that we talked about the risk of losing Marcus Smart on defense. Does Porzingis really work playing with Al Horford and Rob Williams? Like we talked, you talked about yeah. how he's going to really be like a two point. He's going to get you scoring from inside, and that's what like. Uh, is really adds a different dynamic to this offense. The Celtics have been a spread the ball out, like usually playing five out a lot when they can. The double big lineup has not been, uh, it certainly was not a good uh, offense for them last year. Can Chris Stapps play into that, especially if you want him on the inside? Uh, is he going to have to play the five a lot? And like, 
I don't know. Do him and Rob Williams really work out as like an offensive pairing? I think so. The the Wizards last year scored, I think it was 121 points per 100 possessions when Porzingis was on the court with Daniel Gafford. And yeah, man. Gafford is a, another rim runner. Like he's a strictly a center. And, and so that was very viable for them. And they didn't have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White around those guys. So, yeah, I, I think that is a very viable look. Um, I think that's one of the key reasons why Kristaps Porzingis was the the guy that they targeted and were willing to first move Brogdon and then later move Malcolm, Marcus Smart for. Um, and then he just – he I do think it's possible that – his scoring just totally changes things for them because they had, when you really look at it, they had everything was in the hands of their perimeter guys. Al Horford shot threes, which is cool. Robert Williams dunked, which is cool. Other than that, those guys didn't really score at all in any way. Al Horford's two point offense went away. His free throw attempts went away. Robert Williams makes an occasional 12-foot jumper, but other than that, it's just layups and dunks. Porzingis gets to the free throw line. He scores inside. He can post up switches. He can he can just give you variety that the Celtics never had last year, and I think that could be a really big deal. So, yeah, I think, and especially, to me, it's not about the points per possession in the regular season, even though I just cited that from the Washington Wizards. <laughs> It's not about that. It's because we know the Celtics can have a great offense in the regular season. But we also know that against really sharp, disciplined teams in the playoffs, their offense has been super inconsistent over the last couple of seasons. And you need to find a way to win in the muck and to make sure that the teams aren't able to go zone on you and teams aren't able to just take charges on you and just do stuff to to muck you up and force you to turn it over and and that's why the the Porzingis thing in theory makes sense basketball wise i think one thing that's going to be very interesting is like how much do they use Porzingis how much are they like running are they like running post ups for him his usage rate last year was 27% and Marcus Smarts was like 17 and so how often do you want to take the ball out of Tatum's hands and Jalen's hands to like run stuff for Chris Tapps Porzingis? What does a Chris Tapps Porzingis Jason Tatum pick and roll look like? Like, is that something that can be really useful? Um, and so, like, how are those guys going to be integrated and in, in working together? I think it's the most interesting thing because I think Chris Tapps is ex- just used to having the ball in his hand more often. And so, it's going to be fascinating to see how they work those three guys in together. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, there's been a lot of other NBA moves. We got Dame Lillard rumors. We got James Harden rumors. We got Fred Van Vliet making over $40 million a year, which is kind of wild. I'll just pass to you. Go here. Anything about NBA free agency you want to react to? I I love the Fred Van Vliet deal for Houston. Because why not? They're not. Who else are they going to spend their money on? Because he's a culture setter. He and to me, he enhances he will enhance their young guys who they should be building around. He enhances he enhances them both on the court and off it. They don't have like a natural point guard in that group. They needed someone to organize them and make things easier for them and accentuate the physical gifts, whatever that they already have. And Fred Van Vliet should go in there and be mature and just give them a layer of adulthood that they didn't have before while Ime just yells at all the young guys to to do stuff better. The Damian Lillard thing, it's about time. <laughs> yeah. I was I was sick of the game of chicken they were playing. I think everyone was sick of the game of chicken they were playing. He's going to material materially change somebody's fortunes. And seems he, like it's Miami. It was where he's If he ends go. up in Miami, that is a uh that is a dangerous, dangerous squad because... Yeah. Well, the two targets would be... Uh, or It sounds like the early targets will all be Eastern Conference teams, so it's just like... The Sixers seemingly have gotten... will get worse with um, losing Harden. The Bucks pretty much kept everyone... Ran it, are running it back because they lost Javon Carter. Um, I think the Cavs made some interesting moves. Uh, the Knicks really haven't done anything, but... The Celtics are still at the top of the East, but adding Dame to this Heat team, and I think Chris Haynes just tweeted that it would have to be a three-team deal, so I don't know how exactly the... they probably have to give up Tyler Hero um, and more, uh, more just to match salaries, but that makes the Heat a lot more dangerous, and I just don't like the... Uh, I don't like the idea of the Heat team that just beat the Celtics... Uh, adding the star, although it doesn't really feel like that fits into heat culture. If they let all their scrappy undrafted players go, Gabe Vincent gone, Max Struess gone. And so maybe that will weaken the heat, but, uh, do you, do you think the Celtics should go after him? If they after could Dame, 
Now, like when you're talking about like the picks they might have earlier, I was thinking like maybe go after Dame, but um, that's like a fully win. Like they need to win in the first two years. I know how, what's his contract like. I don't, it just huge. feels like it's absolutely ginormous, and at that point, you're like basically bringing in a primary star ball handler, and it just feels like doesn't really mix with Tatum that well or. Um, so I've never really been in on Dame going to the Celtics. Um, what else? You you seem to be a big fan of the Indiana Pacers offseason so far. Huge fan of the Indiana Pacers offseason. I want to go back to the Dame conversation a little bit because I think I don't want to just pass over the idea that and who knows if if he doesn't want to go there, stars typically don't go somewhere. Like they just they're able to pick and choose at least like a select group of teams where they're willing to go to. And typically if they don't want to go somewhere, they don't want to go there. And it's out there that Boston isn't his favorite spot. Um, however, if, if he would change his mind, I just think, and the Cel- the Celtics could potentially make a trade that did not include Brown or Tatum. And if you could enter next season with like, like uh, Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, picks and pick swaps, and they they have they could load up a bunch of picks, bunch of pick swaps. That that could be that would certainly be enough to top Miami's offer. Um, and and you'd be able to add him to Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Chris Porzingis, which would be just a loaded loaded top four. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't dismiss the idea if it's possible that he'd want to go there, but I also think it's probably Miami because it seems like all signs are pointing to he wants to play in Miami. I don't think Portland will do him dirty after all the years that he spent there. Although if I were Portland, I would probably want another package because Miami's offer just really isn't great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I do love the Pacers offseason. Pacers. <laughs> Bruce. I don't even know who they got. Bruce Brown and who else? Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown is good, and then Obi Toppin. They traded for Obi Toppin. I didn't realize you were such an Obi Toppin guy. I just think he makes a lot of sense for them. They started Aaron Neesmith sometimes at the four and were just really small. They needed more size there. They wanted to. They obviously want to stay athletic because Halliburton is just great in transition. Obi Toppin is a freak, and I just think those three guys complement each other. Um, Toppin and Bruce Brown are both like super high energy athletic dudes. I just think with Tyrese Halliburton leading fast breaks to those guys, it makes sense. Um, and they got like Bruce Brown, his, his contract is a lot, but you have to overpay a team option too on the second year. So it's like, Oh, maybe Bruce Brown's not as good as we thought he was. You only take the hit for one year And, and you have to overpay a free agent if you're in the Pacers. You just you have to. Um I kind of love it. I kind of love their offseason. It was I'm trying to think who else good. has made like significant the Cavs added George Nyang and that's a big deal for them Bruce. too. That's because I don't think people realized last year just how low level their wings were. Oh like they I mean, had <laughs> I just saw many such... games with Isaac Noscoro. I mean, I, they needed someone else yeah. in there who could just knock down a shot. It was him. It was Lamar Stevens. And, like, those guys are tough. They they can, they have physicality. They can defend. But they needed somebody who could 
be tough and defend and also make plays and and make things easier for Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. And I think Struess and Niang both do that. They're offensively, they'll be great compliments to Mitchell and Garland. Defensively, Niang isn't awful and Struess is okay. And and with Mobley and Allen at center and power forward, I just think I I think they did a really good job of up with with minimal paths to upgrading their wings they they did a really good job of of doing that i'd have to agree um we have run out of time at least with my time i'm i'm done podcasting not just because the zoom only has a minute left but we will be back as soon as whatever grant williams uh news happens we'll be uh here to report it if there's a crazy dame lillard trade if there's another wild trade with all the picks that jay king was talking about earlier we'll be back here on Anything is potable. Thank you guys for listening. Please rate it, subscribe. Uh, you know, leave us a five star review. I feel like people don't do that enough. I real, I, I am very, uh, the word's not vain, but I go back and read all the the reviews. Sometimes a lot of people don't like me. A lot of people don't like you. It'd be nice to get some more five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, you, you can even use it just to make fun of us, but just make sure it has five stars. Uh, that's all I got, Jay. Anything left from you? Nothing left. Oh, I mean, we haven't even talked about the Summer League roster yet. That's good. Good for <laughs> That's us. That's good because we got we got a lot of stuff. Once this free agency goes away, we'll have to figure out something else to talk about. But anything is potable, folks. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back whenever news happens. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.